Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. French President Emmanuel Macron taking the lead, arriving in Kiev today to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky one day after his marathon talks with Vladimir Putin. And Macron saying that Putin gave him a personal guarantee. He told me he won't be initiating an escalation. I think that's important, Macron said. The Kremlin denies Putin made any such commitment. Wait, what? (laughs) So what kind of a story is that? So Macron... Claims that Putin made a hollow commitment, and the Kremlin says, no, he didn't even do that. <laughs> right, immediately, which means he obviously didn't make a commitment. You don't, you don't deny a major commitment. Hmm. So it's a nothing. It's a big nothing. Anybody who has fallen for the whole, looks like tensions have cooled. What? Might have been lost in the translation or something? I don't know. I think the media just sucks. So CNN reporting today that Russia is sending warships to the Black Sea for more drills. Man, they got a lot of drills they need to do all mm. in the same area at the same time. A lot of exercises all happen to be surrounding Ukraine. God, I'm looking up at uh, ABC right now, and they've got video of these um, r- Russian transport vehicles going down a, a snowy road in the middle of nowhere near the border. It looks like a color version of something from World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, for, let's go through these one at a time. First of all, I haven't heard this story. I need to hear this before I can comment on it. On Monday, Vladimir Putin was speaking about the Minsk agreements, which were supposed to end the conflict years ago. There's been disagreement between the two countries over their meeting, and he took a disparaging shot at Ukraine's president and maybe even his manhood, saying, like it or don't like it, it's your duty, my beauty, which seems quite possibly to be a comment loaded with sexual, even misogynistic implications. Ukraine's president today responded, appearing to take the comment in stride. He said Ukraine is a beauty, and that as far as it being his duty to, quote, take it, Ukraine is very patient because that's wisdom. (laughs) Wow. Old, tough guy, KGB officer, judo champion in his youth, Putin, dropped a my beauty on the younger, pretty boy president of Ukraine. Well, first of all, it sounded like he might be rapping. It's your duty, my beauty, to come around, cutie. I doubt I, it. I want your sweet booty. I doubt it rhymed in Russian. But. Ah, my, my mistake. <laughs> well, and I love the tone. You know, I mentioned earlier Jake Tapper, who's who's really a solid guy. Um, I, you know, I don't I agree with everything, obviously, but um, he's a solid guy. He's a China hawk and the rest of it. He is an island of sanity in a sea of excrement that is CNN. <laughs> oh, and that was that was an example there. John Brennan with his, or John Berman with his fake that some consider sexist, even misogynist. You're talking about Vladimir effing Putin. You think maybe he says stuff that's a little sexist? You sound like you're about to fall to your knees you know, weeping over you it. Know, you know, that's an excellent point. I've been, I, I, oh. Leave Northern California before you get too soft. Yes. I'm so used to that sort of talk. It slipped by me. Wait a second. The guy has got, he's working on 200,000 troops on the border with possibly nuclear weapons. Now he's sending ships to the Black Sea. And you're going to comment on the fact that you think he made a misogynistic reference. He's about to slaughter Ukrainians by the tens of thousands. And John Berman and CNN are most upset that Vladimir Putin seemed to be coming off as a sexist. Some think the comment was sexist or misogynist. That is... 
Oh. You know, I was saying earlier about China. So China, uh, the number, the most popular movies in Chinese theaters are ones where they um, reenact battles and where the United States loses. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Anti-American. Jake Tapper, getting back to CNN, pointed out yesterday that the no major studio has made a movie with China as the enemy in the United States in 10 years. So we don't want to do that because you would lose money. They do it all the time. Same with this. We're we're making comments about, I think that was a sexist comment from Putin, and he's going to invade a country and kill tens of thousands of people and not even blink. The, the stronger, aggressive culture will dominate the retreating, weak culture. It's the history of the world. There's a 100% correlation. It's just unbelievable. That's our response. Well, that was misogynistic. He wouldn't. He, uh, he I would, know it's astounding. If, if anybody, please do not use gendered language if, to, 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 to address to, everyone. To threaten Ukraine. Yeah, and so while we're putting pronouns in our emails, the, those countries are going to do what they want to do and take over the world. I know, folks. It's, You're slapping uh, your forehead. I'm slapping my forehead. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the Ukrainians seem to be getting more serious about what they're up against, as this report from ABC News last night. Ukrainians are still preparing for war. So these all represent artillery attacks. Yes. Alexei Danilov, the head of Ukraine's National Security Council, telling me he is organizing a national resistance. Every Ukrainian who can fight will fight. From regular soldiers to veterans to police officers to hunters. Yes. All of those people would be mobilized if Russia attacked. The overall number of people who could be mobilized is as high as two and a half million, he tells me. We need additional weapons and ammunition. He was standing in front of maps and uh, organizing, you know, just regular local, like you said there. Anybody that owns a gun or knows has ever shot a gun is going to be part of fighting for their country. And that can be pretty effective. Uh, Nobody knows that better than the United States of freaking America, having gone into Iraq and Afghanistan. Sure, you can roll in with your tanks and your guns and your fancy planes fast and kill a whole bunch of people. But uh, that armed armed population that don't want you there can bleed you for a long time. And Ukraine is uh, looking to do that to Russia. And it is going to be... Well, interestingly enough, Russia ought to know that, too, from their experiences in various spots, including Afghanistan. Obviously, I well, I think that's why he hasn't gone in yet, and he's continuing to amass an insanely powerful force, because he just wants to stomp that out and break their will fast, so he doesn't have to deal with that sort of thing. I think that's what Putin's hoping for. Looking at it purely academically, there's an argue, argument to be made. That's the right way to do it. Sure. and I uh, find it horrific, just for the record. And that's why those numbers came out over the weekend from uh, from our Pentagon that as many as 50,000 Ukrainian civilians could die in the first couple of days. And there's going to be a lot of video of this. I mean, they hey, that's a modern country with cell phones and all that sort of stuff. There's going to be a lot of video of what goes on. And I wonder how America's going to react to that. Because uh, they look like us, and for whatever reason, that's just the way the brain works. I don't know. Call it racism. Call it whatever. But when you got it, you know, when you got those kind of videos coming out of the Middle East, it's tragic and awful. But their lifestyles are so different. You know, they don't they don't drive the cars like we do and live in houses that look like ours, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Ukraine. Have you seen the videos out of Kiev? It looks like it could could be when it could be Omaha, right? And um, mm-hmm. and when we see, you know. Uh, 
cars that we drive in front of stores that we shop at being blown up and bodies laying in the street and everything like that. I think it's going to be quite striking. Yeah, it's rare people actually say what you said out loud, but it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true. And, you know, maybe that's not a good thing, but it's a human thing. Yeah, I just think there's going to be quite a reaction to that. I just hope when Putin slaughters the tens of thousands, he doesn't say anything sexist. Oh, my God. I almost play that again, Michael. That is amazing. 30. On Monday, Vladimir Putin was speaking about the Minsk agreements, which were supposed to end the conflict years ago. There's been disagreement between the two countries over their meeting, and he took a disparaging shot at Ukraine's president and maybe even his manhood, saying, like it or don't like it, it's your duty, my beauty, which seems quite possibly to be a comment loaded with sexual, even misogynistic implications. Ukraine's president today responded, appearing to take the comment in stride. He said Ukraine is a beauty, and that as far as it being his duty to, quote, take it, Ukraine is very patient because that's wisdom. Wow, the worldview of the effet elite in America, the Ivy League. Uh, you know, Matt Taibbi was talking about this in a podcast I heard it the other day with a uh, comedian, actor, now commentator, and kind of interesting guy, Russell Brand. He was talking about how when his dad was a journalist, journalists were more workmen than professionals. It was a ink-stained, uh, decent way to make a living. But you were not driving a Cadillac. I mean, you were driving a Chevy. And now, through you know various sociological forces, cultural forces, media forces, all the president's men, whatever, now journalists are, to a large extent, Ivy League-ish children of the upper class who have decided to change the world. And so they, in the face of Russian slaughter, would point out, you know, what he just said was sexist. That was kind of a microaggression, what he just said. So the uh, the leader of Russia is making misogynistic comments, and he's going to pull off a 18th century move in a 21st century world, and he, and he don't care. You see, is the thing. I'm going to shame him out of doing it on my blog. <laughs> um, now that's our media's fault. I don't know how they received it there in Ukraine, but man, I'll tell you what. If I'm President Zelensky and Putin looks me in the eye <laughs> and say, calls me my beauty, I'm I'm a little chilled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the eyes of a crocodile, you know, and, and the emotional, uh, you know, he's got the cortex of one, too. So he, when, he, when he says it, he means it. He has doctors thrown out of windows. Yes. Who make comments about COVID he doesn't like. Right. What, his girlfriend's boyfriend or whatever? Remember that video that he had shot on the street? I mean, yeah, he's a killer. Yeah. He's a murderer. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, I, I and, just and sexist as it turns. Oh out. yeah, and then willing to make misogynistic comments. Mm. <laughs> you know what? Ukraine. You know what? You should cancel him. You should. You oh, should try to cancel him. Canceled. Deplatform him. Go fund me. Won't send any more money to Putin. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not racist on some level. Oh, oh no, he needs to be canceled. Yes. Organize a boycott. A Twitter. A Twitter boycott. Yes, yes. Hashtag cancel Putin. Cancel! Please retweet. Please. <laughs> Unbelievable. So uh, they're, they're providing drugs to drug addicts in drug rehab centers in, uh, in San Francisco. Seems to be a little unclear on the concept. Mm, I don't know. I just saw a fact check that says that isn't true, which is hilarious when I read it to you. Oh, hilarious. really? Hilarious. 
wow, there's so much unintentional hilarity in the world. There's no need for comedians. <laughs> right. You know? All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here she goes. The important first run of the swallow to set the tone. He- oh, no! Oh, you have got to be kidding me. Shocker right off the bat. Didn't even get into the course. It's unimaginable. Twice in a span like this, in her specialty... That is just almost shocking. It is just one of the biggest shockers in Olympic alpine skiing history to see what has happened to Michaela Schiffer and a legend in the sport at 26. Wow. That really stinks. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't watch it. I tried to watch the Olympics last night, and I just couldn't get into it. That stinks for her. So she is uh, one of the great Americans? Yeah, she's uh, she's one of the great skiers on earth and wins world championships all the time. Doesn't look like it to me. (laughs) <laughs> well, first time I've ever go. seen her and all I see her is rolling down the hill <laughs> she's good at that no poor kid the uh, the icy conditions etc we've got another uniform problem at the Olympics remember at the summer Olympics we found out that weirdly the super enlightened Olympic committee had rules in which they made chicks wear bikinis for no good reason just because it made him look hotter. <laughs> oh, yeah, and if you put on a pair of shorts instead of your little bikini, you please. What about the sanctity of sports? You're, you're out. Female ski jumpers have been disqualified over baggy clothing at the 2022 Winter Olympics. Five female ski jumpers representing Austria, Japan, Norway twice, and Germany were disqualified from the competition for wearing too loose fitting of suits. Yeah, I was reading about this, and what? they're all astounded. They said, I'm wearing the same thing I always wear. Or even without that, unless it gives you an advantage. Well, I think that's the idea that it would, that it would make you like a flying squirrel. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's funny. Oh, and one of them said, well, I just lost weight. It's the same outfit I've always worn. I've lost weight. It's a result of me being in quarantine and not eating properly. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like uh, all the top jumpers and people are saying, yeah, China just wanted to place higher. So I don't know. I don't. I don't follow ski jumping that closely. You know that could, this this one could be this one could be different. This could be people trying to you know everybody's trying to gain an edge every different kind. Maybe maybe sure. people found maybe just kept pushing the like baggier and baggier clothes until you're you're a flying wing um, and just got caught. That could be. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I just to... think it's interesting that in the summer games, they make the women dress like they're in a porn. <laughs> and in a, the winter games, if, if it's too baggy, they throw you out. Um, you want to hear something that will take a year off your life? <laughs> no, I really don't. The 2024 presidential election is 1,000 days from today. Oh, That makes me a little more dead. <laughs> thousand days well it's only like 300 and i'm doing some quick math in my head 335 days or so until joe biden resigns no so there's that that's been your theory for a long time two years in a day come on uh just came across this i don't know exactly where it is james james Lindsay retweeted it Franklin Street Yoga Pricing. I don't know where this yoga is. Anyway, they got their pricing on their websites. $18 or $11 if you're BIPOC. 
which, as the <laughs> tweeter pointed out, this is the definition of racism, isn't it? Isn't this the definition of racism? You have a price for white people and a lower price for people who aren't white. Right. Yeah. How is yeah. that not exactly the sort of thing we're trying to do away with in this country? Well, that's that's the thing. It's all been turned on its head. There's no, There's no such thing as racism except... White on black and maybe white on Asian if we're in the mood and we're not talking about colleges. Again, the outrage is phony and it's selective. Hmm. You know, David Yoga Fr- routines. David Rowe. Thanks, Hillary. David French. Hillary still rumored to be eyeing the Oval Office. Ah, right. David French was talking about the whole uh, black woman Supreme Justice thing, and he wrote this great piece. It was so simple. He just quoted Title Four of the Civil Rights Act in 1964. No person in the United States shall, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. And then uh, the code that enforces that gets even more specific. And then the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution makes it just utterly undeniable that saying, yes, only this color and or more for this color, less. I mean, it's just it's it's. Obviously unconstitutional. But nobody's going to challenge it, are they? Nobody's nobody's talking about challenging what Biden said and what he's going to do around the Supreme Court. Well, you remember Ilya Shapiro, who admittedly was a little indelicate. He got murdered for even bringing it up professionally. Are, are we giving people crack pipes, etc.? Have you heard this story? Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Joe Biden's latest idea is to pay black people to smoke more crack. With this new program, Joe Biden will finally close the crack gap. For too long in America, quality crack pipes have been the domain of rich white men, like so much else. Here's the president's son, for example, smoking crack in bed at the Four Seasons. You'll notice the beautifully designed custom crack pipe. Its cooling bowl nestled in the high thread count Egyptian cotton sheets. When Hunter Biden smokes crack, he does it in style. So just to give you a little background on where this is going, um, I came across this and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, a fact check on this. So Tim Sanifer retweeted somebody who said, it's mostly false because it's completely true. Here's, Here's the fact check on you. So here's the claim that got fact-checked. In early 2022, the Biden administration endeavored to advance racial equity by distributing crack pipes to drug users. I don't know whose rating this is, but they said mostly false. What's true in 2022, a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services substance abuse harm reduction grant did require recipients to provide safer smoking kits to existing drug users and distributing grants priority would be given to applicants serving historically underserved communities. In other words, um, in other words, the (laughs) caption on there that says it's mostly false because it's completely true. What you just said in your refutation of the premise was a statement that the premise is true. You just (laughs) repeated the accusation. Right. And then, then wait. <laughs> and the and the what's false part because it's completely false. The what's false is this was just one of around twenty components of a grant program to blah 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 blah. Okay, that wow. doesn't mean it's false. 
Uh, you know, that reminds me, I, I won't get off on the tangent, but uh, Facebook uh, had to plead in a recent case that um, their fact-checking is not fact-checking at all. It's just an expression of opinion. It's right there in the court record. So, yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, that, that, that we, we, we've done this a bunch of times. How many final nails have we had in fact-checking? But that should be the final nail. Somebody doing a fact check where they restate the premise as the <laughs> proof that it's false. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, folks, you're, you're thinking, wait, what? Really? Yeah, $30 million grant program um, overseen by the Department of Health and Human Services. Funds are, are available for smoking kits slash supplies. Um, uh, they'll provide pipes for users to smoke crack cocaine, crystal methamphetamine, and any illicit substance. Uh, HHS said the kits aim to reduce the risk of infection when smoking substances with glass pipes, which can lead to infections through cuts and sores. Yeah, and so this is a, a long-going sort of talk radio topic or just American conversation of, does given drug addicts this drug paraphernalia help them or hurt them? Well, I sure haven't seen the evidence that it's been helping anything. No, no, not at all. I mean, it may be well-intentioned, but you know what they say about good intentions, and it's true. Uh, Tucker was on fire last night on this, and I thought it was really good. Um, I'm looking at this. Uh, you know you know what's really good uh, is some of that man-on-the-street stuff, which we'll get to in a second. San Francisco is actually allowing people to use drugs in the new Tenderloin Linkage Center. It's allegedly a place to go to link up to basic hygiene, food, clothing, and uh, drug abuse treatment. But if you want to do drugs right there at the drug abuse treatment place, you can. And there are zero repercussions for it whatsoever. And uh, various authors and, and, and council people and all are saying, um, you've just turned it into a drug consumption site. It's a supervised drug consumption area. And indeed, there's an open-air drug market now that's sprung up around it. Who are these people who looks at these who look at these policies and think, yeah, this is going great? I don't know. I've, this experiment's been around for a while, so I think we'd have some uh, evidence on this. I remember going to Vancouver. Jeez, what year did the first time did I go to Vancouver, Canada? Um, I'm guessing it was like 98, 99, something like that. And uh, and and I, I became aware that they had an area like this in Vancouver. This is where you're allowed to do drugs openly, and they, they hand out the needles and all that sort of stuff. And I went over there to see how it was. And, man, it was just, it was like stepping from beautiful first world city one of the greatest cities in the world like crossing over into third world stuff you'd seen on tv before but had never seen in person yeah and like and and thinking so how is this i mean unless the point was to confine these people to a certain area maybe that was the point but if the point was to help them it don't look good yeah yeah no kidding no kidding hey go ahead let's play uh 78 this is out of san francisco how long you been on the street seven years drug of choice heroin what percentage of people are still using heroin versus fentanyl? Oh, man, 5% still use heroin, maybe. What about meth? Meth is just like a given, mostly. you got to do something to counteract the downer, so people either do meth or crack. What does it cost per day? Between 40 and 80 bucks okay. um, to maintain. What percentage of people on the street, you say, are from San Francisco originally? Um, uh, from San Francisco originally, maybe, maybe 10, probably more like 6 or 7. 
percent. How much does it cost to, to for your to meet your habit? We're looking at sixty bucks a day. Has the price come down or gone just, up? It's been like a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. To where a gram, used to, uh, even as little as two years ago, would have been two hundred dollars. Now it's down to fifteen or twenty. How do you make your money? Petty crime. Like what kind of stuff? Boosting and uh, getting in on lock cars. How do you boost? You go in a store and put stuff in your bag and get out. Number one, uh, what's so sad about that is that young man is obviously very bright. I mean, he's bright, he's well-spoken, the rest of it, but he's a a heroin junkie, and he lives in a city that encourages him to keep going. But that's something. Yeah, he's the guy who clears the shelves in the CVS or Walgreens or what have you, grabs a bunch of purses out of, uh, you know, some Union Square shopping center and, and sells them to support his heroin habit. And at no step along the way, including him laying around on the sidewalk or or pooping in front of school kids or whatever. At no point does anyone in charge ever do anything to discourage that lifestyle continuing. They are, it is a city, it's a culture of enablement. Yeah, and and how much different is that than the view we were having in the early 90s when drugs were out of control and crime was out of control the last time? And what did Joe Biden do and think in 1991? If you have a piece of crack cocaine no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand one quarter of one dollar we passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself and others a law that says you're caught with that you go to jail for five years you get no probation you get nothing other than five years in jail judge doesn't have a choice that's the way Joe Biden looked at it back then. Now he has an administration that is handing out stuff to make it easier for people to do crack. And then I think Tucker Carlson did a nice job of bringing it home on his show last night. Uh, share uh, clip 79 with us, Michael, if you would. First, the drug crisis is a crisis. It destroys people's lives, your fellow Americans' lives. It's one of the worst things ever to happen in this country, and it's being completely ignored by the people running the country. The second thing you learn is that it's happening because drugs are cheaper than ever. In fact, fentanyl may be the only product that Joe Biden has made cheaper since becoming president. A gallon of gasoline, a pound of beef are much more expensive. Fentanyl's cheaper. And then you learn that homelessness is caused by drug addiction. And so is street crime. So if you're wondering why our cities are falling apart, it's pretty simple. Drugs. Drugs are the problem. So what has Joe Biden decided to bring us more of? Drugs. It makes you wonder. And then one more factor, if I might, there is fentanyl absolutely pouring over the border by the ton right now. The, but, of course, we're building bridges, not walls or something. So we uh, read an email a couple weeks ago, Joe did, from a guy I met out in the real world who was, uh, who was homeless because he was a drug addict. And he was telling me the story of how he turned it around. Etc. Etc. And uh, I was reminded of that as I saw this report on Fox yesterday. This was on the streets of San Francisco, where the people are doing the drugs out in the open and uh, and 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 talking to somebody who had gotten over his drug habit. Tom Wolf, who lived on the street, disagrees. How is anybody ever going to get help? Uh- if they're allowed to use fentanyl on the site. A former addict who finally got clean after being arrested, Wolf says the only real solution is mandated drug treatment, which the city isn't doing. We've removed all accountability from the process in the hopes of being more compassionate. But what we're really doing is we're just allowing people to continue to harm themselves and die. 
So the reason I wanted to play that is, are do you ever hear the other side of that? I don't remember ever hearing it. I don't remember ever hearing anybody. And you would, and if it exists, I got to assume the liberal media would be putting it in our face. If you got people to say, yeah, I was a crack addict, I was on the streets, and when the government started handing out needles and making it easier to do drugs, that's when I got clean and got over my habit and got my life back on track. I don't remember ever hearing that once in my life. Wow. And, like, and like I said, with the media being so far in favor of this stuff, I would assume if there was one example, <laughs> they would exaggerate it. But how many times have you heard that one? All over the place. Yeah, when I finally got arrested, when I finally met up with reality, when you know the bad, when things got bad enough, that's when I finally got straight. And how many people who have turned their lives around are trying to tell us, yo, I've been through this. I've lived this experience. Right. This is what you got to do. The, doing away with mandatory AA or drug treatment or whatever is not going to help. That's the only thing that saved my life. Sending me to prison saved my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a nice lady in front of her uh, her two-bedroom home with her husband, beautiful children, saying, yeah, what really turned my life around is when they got me a fresh crack pipe to smoke. Have you ever heard that? I haven't. No, not even anything close. You know, uh, it, here's, here's the slogan Progressive America ought to use. We make sure you never, ever hit bottom. I've heard junkies. Now, I have heard interviews where they, they are interviewing so many current junkies saying, yeah, this is good so I don't have to go into a bad neighborhood, you know, and deal with sketchy people and that sort of stuff. Okay, so your current junkie lifestyle has been made easier. I've heard those. But I've never heard anybody who, who, uh, who got their life turned around saying that was a key component. Yeah. Nope. And, you know, nope. if that's happened, you know, feel free. To uh, send it our way, but making it easier to stay a junkie and making sure you never hit bottom. We're progressive well, America. Ask the junkies themselves. I mean, right. how many times have you heard from people who did get their lives together that that was the best thing that ever happened to me? When they threw me in jail, not when they started handing me out free stuff so it was easier. They yeah. gave me a house I could stay in and told me I can't get kicked out. I never have to get a job. That's when I got my act together. So I've always been kind of a, a uh, militant on this topic, partly because of my personality. I don't like being, you know, over-supervised or ordered around or whatever. I, ever since I was a little kid, my, my mom and dad used to joke about how independent I was. On the other hand, paternalism, which often it comes from the right too, friends at times, but now it's just pouring out of the left. Paternalism is not only incredibly insulting to a human, to say that you cannot be in charge of your own life, I will be in charge of it for you. I mean, it's a denial of their humanity. The other aspect of it is that it doesn't work. Those policies don't achieve the goals they're intended to. So you have yanked people's dignity from them, you have denied their humanity, and your stupid program doesn't work. So it's a little difficult for us to enthusiastically buy into it. Did you see the story with the couple that got uh, busted? They're going to do a long time in prison for the biggest Monday laundering scheme in history. Have you seen this? I did see that. I also saw a money laundering scheme that might be the dumbest money laundering (laughs) scheme in history. Oh, boy. I like those stories, among other things, on the way. Crack is whack. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out. 
Oh, the gate to the groin for Yannick Bertrand, and you could hear it. And if you're a man, you could feel it. Wow, watch this again. Oh, the Frenchman. Oh, monsieur. Wow, the boys took a beating on that one. Mm. That guy needs a hug. French skier. <laughs> Gate hits him right in the uh, Louis and Ralph. Le Jonc. <laughs> Le Jonc. <laughs> oh, well, things happen. What are you going to do? You've only done that eight million times in your career practicing for this moment <laughs> it's like it's like the thing where uh, you know you get in your car how many times then all of a sudden one time you're trying to get in and you whack your head on the door i mean what right. what happened there well that's uh, that's one thing but to take one right in louis and Raphael right there in front of the world <laughs> that's tough <laughs> next hour i want to talk a little bit about fauci's interview he did about covid and how ridiculous it is. I was just watching the highlight of Arkansas upsetting number one Auburn in college basketball and the crowd going wild and pouring onto the court and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of maskless people all hugging Dancing each other. and screaming and yelling. Jumping right, yeah. up and down. <laughs> and Dr. Fauci, meanwhile, is giving interviews where he says, well, if we continue on the path we're on in a few months, we may be able to. Who are you talking to? I represent science. Meanwhile, it's important that four-year-olds continue to wear useless uh, cloth masks. Right. Have you noticed most people aren't listening to you? The only people wearing masks are, in my mind, paranoid people, and people are being forced to. They have no choice. Right. And everybody knows it, except, you know, mainstream media. But more on that later. You gonna do the uh, money laundering thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what's happening? Yeah. Here? So uh, I just I saw the um, I heard the headline. I looked into it a little bit because I was shocked. This couple, young, good-looking couple, decided they were gonna live a life of crime. Four point five billion dollar crypto laundering scheme. They got caught. Wow! Biggest money laundering case in the history of the FBI. Four point five billion dollars. I would do this, but I'd have to understand, A, what cryptocurrency is, and B, how to launder it first, or even what laundering it meant. And I kind of know, but barely. I've watched Ozark. Yeah, That's the extent of my uh, expertise. A buddy of mine says, I've watched every season of Ozark. I still don't understand how to launder money. But, um, uh, God dang it, if if you've been, and it's got to be pretty recently, because crypto hasn't been around that long, but, God, I would think you get up to... Half a million dollars, and you think let's 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 cut our let's cut our law our winnings let's 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 move to wherever. Okay, maybe you need more than that to live the rest of your life. A couple million dollars, four point five billion. Oh boy, I'd have quit a long time before that and moved to Mexico or wherever and grown a fake mustache. And... Wow, so these these people are pretty bright. But and they're still uh, in New evidently. York. They're still in New York, living the high life when they got caught. Wow. They, but very they are young. Proof. They, they look to be mid to late 20s. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 30. Yep. Tech savvy, obviously. Yeah. $4.5 billion. Wow. You know, I've always phrased it, and this is paraphrasing a, a friend of mine in law enforcement. If you're considering a life in crime, that's proof that you're too dumb to pull off a life in crime. Or or maybe unwise would be a better word. Because yeah. those folks are probably pretty bright. I'm but sure they unwise. are. Then you got this guy. He managed to use play money from the Internet to steal about $400,000 from a Phoenix-area Home Depot store. 
a Home Depot store, I believe, I have uh, uh, conducted commerce in, as my dad lives right around there. <clears throat> so this guy, Adrian Jean Paneda, had ordered something from Amazon.com, uh, which is uh, displayed as prop money $100 bills, realistic double-sided print fake money that looks like real money for party decorations and videos. And he orders a bunch of this stuff. He was in charge of. Now, now here's the, the ingenious scheme. He's the guy responsible for counting the cash from the store's registers, then putting the money in a bag that goes to Wells Fargo. Gotcha. And then that big truck pulls up and takes the money. I get it. Exactly. And and he does it under the watchful eye of cameras. <laughs> but he actually got away with this for like three years. What? Okay, I was gonna say you don't you don't get the way with this for a day, but three years? Yeah, somehow. Wait a second, when the Wells Fargo truck got to wherever and they opened the bag and saw fake money, didn't they say, wait a second? Well the guy in the truck doesn't paw through the money either. <clears throat> it gets to the bank. I don't know. Somewhere along the line, there's obviously a giant hole in the system because this guy was doing it from August 2018 through January 2022. And in fact, when he was confronted by a manager, not the cops, but a manager, <laughs> he said, yeah, you got me. In fact, here's $5,300 of real money. And here's a stack of hundred fake $100 bills. I was going to do it again today. Wow. And by the way, I have twenty-two grand in cash at my house. I'll go get it. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> nice plan. Yeah. Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, you can grab the podcast. How handy is that at armstrongandgetty.com? Armstrong and Getty.